You know, what's really neat is that um, we've been playing, we played that song for a lot of different people. How many people can sing along that song now? Raise your hand. Yeah, I, <laughs> I was singing along with it. Um, an award-winning, uh, Emmy Award-winning videographer and the AP Photojournalist of the Year are combining to put a music video together for that song. Um, and we'll see how that, that turns out. But that's really neat. Um, one of the people that, that heard it had lost, um, I think, one or two children and um, it really had an impact on their lives. Um, and so they wanted to, to do that um, for the song. So who knows? I mean, just as soon as it's finished, we'll show it to you on a Sunday morning. It'll be really hopefully a special thing that will touch um, people's lives and impact their lives for years to come. This morning we are celebrating our 11th anniversary. Um, you know, sometimes I, I, I think, well, we should have this or we should have that or, boy, it'd be great if we have that. And I was sitting back the last couple of weeks thinking to myself, 11 years um, that our church is here and established in our community. Uh, and we're 11 years old. And not that I want to die, don't get me wrong, but if I were, when I, when I do pass on in whatever time that is, uh, Grace Chapel will go on from there. That's a great feeling to know that this is a church a, a church that God has decided that uh, he would allow to survive for this long. Um, surrounded, we are now surrounded by people who truly love this body um, and want to see things happen in this body uh, that are really going to make a difference in the world. And so I, I truly celebrate in my heart. Someone asked me this morning, did you drink a lot of coffee? Somebody knew. And I said, no, no, why? Because you all wound up and everything. I said, well, I'm always all wound up. I don't need coffee to get wound up, especially about this morning, because I'm excited. I'm excited to talk about what God has done. I mean, just stop and thank him for what he's done, but also to look to the future about what he's going to do. And, and it's, it's important every, every uh, once in a while to really stop and, and take stock in who we are, where we've come from, where we are now, and where we're going. And that's what I want to do this morning. I may not get through it all. I didn't get through it all in the first service. I have too, many, too, much, uh, too much information, not enough time, but I'll see what I can do. And um, someone actually told me uh, this couple of weeks, they said a couple weeks ago, hey, they, they were trying to take the CD and, uh, and then type out, as I, as I talk, they were trying to type it out for the, with the Rain End series. They thought that would, be a, you know, that would be a good book or something. They said, let me try to type it out for it, and I'll send it to someone, and blah, blah, blah. And I said, do whatever you want. That's great. And they said, uh, they came back to me a couple weeks ago and said, you know, uh, first it was, I, I, you know, I type this many words a minute. And she said, you're the first person that I've ever listened to that I can't keep up with on the typewriter. So I was like, yes, I'm good at something. No, um, I come from New York, and so I can talk fast. So I may talk a little bit faster this morning because, number one, I'm very excited. Number two, I'd like to get through this, but we'll see what happens, all right? So we're going to talk about the, the vision, the mission, the values, the, the purposes of our church and where God, has, where God is taking us. First, the vision of our church is to be a global community of Christ followers, awakening imagination, igniting passion, and unleashing purpose. And our vision is to live irresistibly, our mission is to live irresistibly transformed lives and lead others to do the same. As God works through us to center our lives on God, to commit our lives to authentic community. We want to commit each one. We want everybody in the church to commit their lives to authentic community, to devote our lives to becoming more like Jesus Christ, 
to sacrifice our lives to build the kingdom of God and then to influence culture by the testimony of our lives. That's our mission. That's what we want to accomplish. We have a vision. We have a mission. And God has been working in in, in miraculous ways to bring those about. So what does it mean to awaken your imagination? You know, we hear that awaken imagination, ignite passion, unleash purpose. They're all cool things. But what do they actually mean? Well, awaken imagination means to wake up and to realize the fullness of who God is and how he's uniquely wired you to reveal who he is to other people. So you want to awaken your imagination. And in our context, also, it means to think outside of the box, to color outside of the lines, to dream of a, of, 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 of a limitless future. To use the minds that God has given you to not just think, well, this is we're in church and this is the way church does things. I'm going to, we're going to do a series called All Out uh, in not this next series. We're going to go. We're going to finish up Ten Commandments, two more. Then we have com- more conversations with a happy heathen that lead into the next series, All Out. And we're going to tackle some things theologically um, that I'm really excited about. And one of them is we're going to tackle the whole idea of secular versus sacred. That whole concept, because it's messing up the church. It's messing up the, a Christian worldview, this whole concept of secular and sacred. And, and we need to wipe that. We need to get that out of the way in order for us to do this. Because I'm thinking of how we can move this church forward. What are some exciting things we can do? But one of the things we have to do theologically is move away from Plato's concept of secular sacred that has infiltrated the church. So be prepared for that series. It's going to be really fun. It's, I'm excited about it. I can't wait to get to it. We have some other series that I can't wait to get to either. So we'll, we'll kind of go in order here. So we want to think outside the box. Dream of limitless possibilities. All right. So what does it mean to ignite your passion? Well, as God awakens your imagination, we want to, as a church, equip you with the skills and, and, and also the, 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 the tools that you'll need to grow in your faith in order to, to live out God's will, God's purpose for you in this world. So we, once, once you have that awakened imagination, we want to ignite your passion. We want, to te- we want to train you and teach you, give you the skills, give you the tools necessary to do what God is asking you to do. And that leads to unleashing your purpose. Once you've dreamed it, once you've had that vision, you've ha- you had that dream, once you've dreamed it, and you've been equipped to carry it out, then we want to unleash you on the world to fulfill what God has called you to do. We want, to, we want you to do, in other words, we want you to do damage for the kingdom of God. All right? we, want to, we want to do damage for the kingdom of God. We want to take on the enemy. We want to crush the enemy. We want to move everything out of our way. What has God called us to do? Unleash the church on the world. Unleash what God has called you to do, us to do as a whole on this world. And so we ask the question, what does that look like? Now, how can we accomplish those things? Because what we're talking about here, my friends, is transformed lives. Okay, if you don't remember everything I say, try to try to get the whole concept down here of what we're, we're trying to get across, because it's on the website. I'll be talking about it through the, in the days, months and years to come. We talk about an eye church, but what we're really talking about here is transforming people's lives. And let me show you just a little bit of what that looks like around the world. I said, actually, the first sermon I ever gave, I actually I asked, uh, are you ready to go on a journey? Eleven years ago, well, in high school, are you ready to go on a journey? 
And a journey, really, to, to make a difference in the lives of people, a journey of discovering how we can make a difference, an eternal difference in people's lives, in our community here, in our global community, our individual lives, and in our global community. I love, I love that statement, global community, a global community. It, it's meant to be a picture of, of our present as well as our future, and what God is doing, a snapshot of the essence of what we are trying to become as a church. Because the global community doesn't just mean out there somewhere in Africa or Mexico or India or all the different places we're going around the world. Really, it starts right here. The global community starts in these seats, you, and goes from here out into our community, from our community to our nation, and from our nation around the world. When we talk about a global community, that's what we're talking about. How God is moving in our individual lives, allowing us to see transformed lives here. And from that point, we transform the lives of others. Now, before we jump too far ahead, I want to give you a little bit of background of, you know, when we started the church and why we started the church. Because it's important to the foundation of, of really where we were, where we are and where we're going. In, uh, in on January the 9th of 2000, we went in Loveland High School. My wife, Debbie, and I stepped out with many of you to start Grace Chapel. And what we wanted to do is we wanted to build a church around the same philosophy that we had when we were doing youth ministry. We did youth ministry for about 15 to 16 years before we started Grace Chapel. And we built the youth ministry on what we call an incarnational philosophy. It's it's real simple. When Jesus was here, how did he do ministry? When I came to Cincinnati, I sat down in the first few months and I prayed, God, give me a clear vision of what you want me to do while I'm here in in this part of the world Cincinnati, how do you want me to do ministry here? And what was on my heart, you gave me clearly, was that incarnational philosophy of when Jesus Christ walked the earth, how did he do ministry? Jesus had the same message, but a different approach, whether he was talking to Pharisees and Sadducees, the rich, the poor, the afflicted, government officials, uh, tax collectors, prostitutes, people in the marketplace. Same message, the good news of himself, of Jesus, the same message, but a different approach depending on who he was talking to. For example, when he went to fishermen, what did he say? I will what? Make you fishers of men. Did he say that to farmers? No. When he talked to Pharisees and Sadducees, knowing their arrogance, their spiritual arrogance, he calls them whitewashed tombs. He's shaking them. He's trying to shake them out of their spiritual arrogance. When he talks to a prostitute, does he shake her? Verbally, does he shake? No, he doesn't. She recognizes she's a sinner already, and he knows her heart. The Bible says that Jesus knows what's in a person. And so he goes right to the heart and speaks to them where they are. And we thought, this is what we need to do. Follow the example of Jesus Christ. I may not know what's in someone's heart, but I can study a culture. I can study individuals. I can try to figure out what their felt needs are and try to meet those felt needs. We took this approach in our youth ministry and saw incredible results. We've taken the approach here at Grace Chapel in many different areas, especially in our marketplace ministry, and we're seeing results there as well. God is moving in a powerful way using this philosophy, this, in a sense, this biblical truth of when Jesus Christ walked the earth, how did he do ministry? See, our goal is to try to reach people where they are. What they're going through, what are their needs, and how do we meet their specific needs? That's the question we all need to be asking. 
What are the needs of the people in our community where we are in Mason and the surrounding Warren County area? How in Butler County, how do we reach out to people in this area with the love of Jesus Christ? What are their needs? And we, and we want to fill those needs without compromising the word of God. It's not about they need to come to us or they need to speak our language. This is the 21st century church. You know, you come to us. You know, you, you, want to, you want to be like us. You come into our building, you speak our language, you go in with our routines. And, you know, if you don't want to, well, then you're not one of, the, one of the club. That's not the attitude we have here at Grace Chapel. It's how can we reach out and meet the felt needs of our community and then bring them in here into the fellowship, into relationship with Jesus Christ and with each other. See, there's a difference between how sometimes church does ministry and how Paul does ministry. I'm going to read you something in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. I'm going to skip down. Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians 9, 19 and through, uh, 20, and through verse 21. He talks about, you know, to, to the Jews I became like a Jew. To those under the law I became like one under the law. To those not under the law I came, to the weak I became weak. And he basically says, so to win as many as possible. Then in verse 22 it says this. He says, to the weak I became weak to win the weak. I have become, listen, I have become all things to all men. Now, he never compromised, but listen to his words. I have become all things to all men so that by all possible means I might save some. In all this, for the sake of the gospel, that I may share in its blessing. I become all things to all men so that by all possible means I might save some. No compromise. You don't have to compromise the the biblical truth in order to reach out to your community. But you need to awaken your imagination, ignite your passion, unleash your purpose. You need to think about, you need to look at your culture and say, what are their felt needs? How do we reach out to them with the love of Jesus Christ? Not everyone's the same. One size does not fit all. So how do we as a church, instead of expecting everyone to become like us, how do we reach out? To where they are, Paul was saying, I want to, I'll use any means possible, as long as it's biblical, to reach out to people that may, I may not totally understand, but you know what? I'll study. I'll learn to understand them. And I'll speak their language. Why? To win as many as possible. You know, one of the things we often say in our church is that when you meet people's felt needs, you earn the right to be heard so that you can then meet people's spiritual needs. If someone is starving around the world and you share them the love of Jesus Christ and they're starving to death, they may not respond, right? But if you feed them first, you give them, you give them opportunity to survive, and then you share the gospel, th- those people are much more willing and open to hear what you have to say because you've met their felt needs. You've earned the right to be heard so that you could then meet their spiritual needs. When we started Grace Chapel, we wanted to create that kind of atmosphere. We opened these doors of this church here and this campus. We're trying our best to create that kind of atmosphere where people can come in and feel comfortable and welcome. It's why we have the, 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 the cafe out here with the, with, the, with the coffee. It's why we serve donuts. It's why I preach the way I preach. It's why the music is the way it is. It's why we dress the way we dress at our church. It, it's all on purpose to try to create an environment where people, not, we're not going to compromise ever in this church. But try to create an environment where people can come and feel the love of Jesus Christ, where they can feel comfortable and they can feel welcome. That is our desire. That's our true desire 
that we make people feel that way so that we open up avenues, we open up windows of opportunity for them to hear the gospel and to have their lives transformed by the love of Jesus Christ. And in order to fulfill our vision of being a global community, my friends, we cannot expect people to come to us. We have to go to them the same way Jesus went to them and offer what Jesus, what did Jesus offer? Hope, peace, joy, contentment, purpose, meaning, love. And, and the promise of an eternal future. That's what Jesus offered. We need to offer the same thing. We can't expect them to come to us. We have to go and reach out to a world that is hurting, that so desperately needs to hear the good news of Jesus Christ in a way that they can understand. You know, we, we use the same philosophy and vision around the world in our global community and in, in different parts of the world. But we need to use this same philosophy. And, we, and we've used the same philosophy in our global community here, in our own church, in our own community. We, we have, you know, people say sometimes, well, Grace Chapel, if you hear Grace Chapel, they're more focused on overseas missions. That's not true at all. We're focused there because we're a global community. We want to reach out. We've done some dynamic things overseas with well drilling and all the things we've done in Nigeria. We invest in Mexico. We invest in India and all around the world. That's all true. That's all exciting things that we've done. But you know what? We have a food pantry here that is so dynamic, it feeds hundreds of people a month, hundreds but it also, we have so much food coming in, it's like a well-oiled machine, that we provide food for many of the other food pantries around Warren County. We get so much food in there, we can't house it all, and so we give it away. We've got relationships with other food pantries, we give it away. We have a thrift store, two thrift stores. We don't just use the money from our thrift stores to send overseas. We have people all the time, maybe their house burns down, or maybe they're out of a job, or maybe they're just down on their luck, whatever the case may be. We give away clothes. We give away furniture. We give things away constantly in our thrift stores to people who are in need. We have like a voucher system. We go to, we go to, see, I think this is exciting. We go to Chesterwood Village. We've gone there every Tuesday night for years. And this may not like resonate with everyone, but just hear, hear me out for a second. We've been going there for so long, every Tuesday night, not a hit or miss kind of thing, but investing in a global community, investing in their lives, that we are now in the long-term memory of many of the people at Chesterwood Village, the elderly people there. Their short-term memory is pretty much gone. So when you come in and do something at Christmas, it's great, don't get me wrong, but they won't remember you or that after a couple of days. But we've been going there for so long, we're now in their long-term memory. So when our group goes in, they say, hey, oh, it's so good to see you. Tuesday's my favorite day of the week is what they tell them all the time. Because we, our group goes in there and invests in their lives and sings with them and, and talks to them. And, and the, the people there, the people who run that, the people who are actually employed there, they, they'll call sometimes because they have a need. Someone's out sick for us to come in and help out, to decorate for Christmas, to do all these things. We have Mason Serves that was started right here at Grace Chapel by someone in our church. We work with Matthew 25 Ministries. We give tons of items, clothing and other items to Matthew 25 every year. They pull their truck up. We're constantly loading it up through the thrift store. There are so many things we do. I could go on, not going to because I don't have the time, but I will in the next few months. I will go on and on and on about what we're doing in our own community, how we're affecting people's lives in this room, in this body, in this church, as well as our own community. God is truly moving in this place. But just for a moment, I want you to put that aside and ask yourself, what are some, what are some ways 
uh, how many people that you interact with don't know Christ in your in your area of influence? There are so many people. Imagine how we can reach out to all the people that you know who don't know Christ. So we can fill in all these seats right here. First service is a little bit larger, so the seats are getting even more filled up here. Second service, you know what? We should fill all these seats with people that you know who have specific felt needs. And we need to awaken our imagination of how we're going to reach out with the love of Jesus Christ and allow them to be here with us on a Sunday morning. But first, we need to reach out to them on Monday through Saturday. But how are we going to do that? How can we uh, how can we pull that off? Imagine the people in your school, in your neighborhood, in your workplace who don't know Christ. And what are some of the ways that we are going to reach out with the love of Jesus Christ? My friends, one size does not fit all in, in ministry here at Grace Chapel. And so we want to be innovative. We want we want Grace Chapel to think with limitless possibilities. Again, ask yourself the question, if Jesus were here and he's with us, but I mean physically with us, okay, how would he do it? That's the question we need to ask. How would Jesus reach out to the people that we're talking about at your work or your school or in your neighborhood? What are some things we can do? I want you to be thinking about that. I want you to awaken your imagination, to think outside of the box, to color outside of the lines. Because that's the only way we're going to do this. I want you to be thinking with that that perspective. I'm going to be having I'm going to be getting there smaller groups of people within the larger group of our church over the next few months and asking that very question. How can we reach out to your workplace, to your community, to your neighborhood and to your school in a way that we can, in the love of Jesus Christ, meet felt needs and draw people to a saving knowledge of Christ? How are we going to do that? Let me let me throw a couple things out for you. See, because. I really believe the church, the church should be a place of creativity should be a norm. Innovation should be encouraged. Imagination should be should be really, I mean, desired and and, and new ideas should be embraced in the church. It's not always the case. So we lag behind in so many areas. But that's what our church should be like. Anybody ever hear aquaponics? Aquaponics. Okay, a couple of people. All right. Few of you probably because we talked about it in the last couple of months, aquaponics. Do you know that we right now have an aquaponics uh, system set up at Benkins, Flores, and Greenhouses? They gave us some space, and we are, we're trying to get a model together that we can use in Nigeria and also even here locally at home. We have one model set up. This is, this is going, kind of going through the pictures. Aquaponics is basically taking fish farming, okay, and you add also plant growth or uh, usually vegetable growth, and what you do is I can say poop in church. So the fish, you feed the fish, the fish go poop. OK, it goes up, it goes around and the nutrients of the fish uh, poop goes and feeds the plants. OK, now we we're, what we're doing is we're creating a model there that we can test here to make sure it works, to go through all the issues that we're going to face so that we can transplant that in March to Nigeria and begin to create jobs and opportunities for people in Nigeria. Also, we're building a four by you can build these acres, but we're going to build a four by eight model that you can use on rooftops or in basements in the inner city. We're going to do urban harvest Cincinnati where people here locally can do the same thing. 
reaching out to our community. I want to, and we're going to do this, I want to take a 100-gallon tank that we have, put it in one of the back rooms, the children's area rooms, and we're going to do one back there for our kids to participate in. So they can go back there and see the fish growing, and they can feed the fish, and they can see the plants growing, and we can do a little worm farm or whatever we can do, because I want, I, want the, I want the people who are more scientific in their minds or engineers, those kinds of things, thinking through how can I use the God-given gifts that I've been given to reach out and change the world. We need to awaken our children's imagination. They shouldn't think church is a place where you sit there and you listen and you go through the same story over and over and over again, but it has no application to science. It has no application to my work life. It has no application to anything else. I want, in the next series, I'm going to annihilate the whole concept of secular and sacred. That's my, my number one job, because if I don't do that, we can't pull this off. The church all belongs to God. Everything belongs to God. And we need to, we need to redeem what belongs to God. And we need to take these concepts and these ideas and plant them in the church and also let people know outside of the church, these are some of the things that we're doing. Which one of your friends wouldn't say, you're kidding, you're doing that in your, you have that in your church as a part of your church? My child loves to, whatever the case may be. Can they be a part of that? Absolutely, they can be a part of that. Awakening in their imaginations, thinking outside of the box. Some of your minds, right now, your minds, you're going nuts right now. With your, your thoughts are just all over the place with, oh, we could, we could, we could. We'll have time to walk through those. We'll have time to think all of that through. We want to be able to truly be innovative in what we do so that the world can be a part of what we're doing and we can see lives transformed by the love of Jesus Christ. This church, this church should be an innovative spiritual family, a place where we believe without limitations, where impossibilities are just opportunities for our capacities to be stretched. I want you, not if you're a kid, you've got to ask your parents, but I want you to go home, and I've said this before, and cut the word impossible out of your dictionary. Because just because something has never been done before doesn't mean it, it can't be done or it shouldn't be done at all. I don't know any other churches in the world that have an, maybe there's probably a few, that have an aquaponic system in their church somewhere. But who cares if they don't have an aquaponic system? This is what God has given us to awaken our imagination. I want the kids coming to church, running back there and going, how are the fish doing? What they'll do is, here's what they'll do now. They'll run in, they'll grab a donut, you know what I'm saying, as they go by. And if their mom's not there, they'll grab like a whole stack of donuts, you know. When the women go away, the kids are over there with the parents. The fathers are like, yeah, yeah. And the kids are like eating donuts, eating donuts. First service, they're all gone. But they'll run, they'll get the donuts, and they'll go back and check out what's going on back there with what's going, you know, with, with the aquaponics and different things that we're going to try to do. But it, makes, it gets them excited about church. It starts to, they start to think, what can, when I graduate, what can I get involved in? Where can I go to college in order to learn this specific technique or this specific trade or whatever else to then apply it to the kingdom of God? Instead of, I go to church, done, and then I'll go out into the secular world and do everything else. Not biblical, not a biblical worldview, completely not untrue comes from Plato, and it's a complete lie when it comes to how we function, how we should function within the church. Ephesians 3.20, my favorite passage, says, God can do immeasurably more. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ever ask or imagine. Awaken your imagination. I say as your pastor, awaken your imagination. And God says that I can do immeasurably more than all you can ask or imagine. According to what? His power at work in. Within us. 
His power is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church. You know, since the beginning of Grace Chapel, we were committed. We've been committed to build a healthy church. We never said we wanted to be a giant church or a medium-sized church or a small church. We said we wanted to build a healthy church. We knew we wanted to reach people for Jesus Christ, but we also wanted to make sure that people grew spiritually. And in that process, another thing I want you to kind of get this concept down. If you don't get it down now, again, on the website, in iChurch, we're going to be talking about it throughout the church. But I'm going, to, I'm going to lay some things out for you. One of the things that we purpose to do is to help people grow spiritually. So we've adapted a plan or a strategy, if you will, to help move people from the, from the, from the community out there to the core of the, of the church or the core in a relationship with Jesus Christ. And this is what we have. It's kind of a, a bullseye, if you will. And I'll go through it very quickly, this bullseye. The community are the people out there that we're trying to reach out to. That's the unchurched people. Maybe occasionally they come in. The crowd are regular attenders. The congregation of the members. The committed, they're closer, are maturing members. And the core are lay, lay leaders. We want everyone to try to move. Our goal is to move people from the furthest toward the center, toward lay leadership. And there's a reason, I'm going to get to it in a second. There's a reason why that's so important that every single one of you see yourself in the middle, moving toward, moving toward that core, to that lay leadership. We want everyone to hit the mark. Our goal is to equip people to move to the center so they can live a purpose-driven life, so they can live, what the, live out the purpose for which God has created them. That will only happen if we're in the core of God's will for our lives. Now, with that said, I want to turn our, 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 our minds back to vision and mission, okay, and move into some other areas. These, these are important. Now, first, again, the church is a global community of Christ followers, awakening imagination, igniting passion, and unleashing purpose. Our vision is the picture of what God has, what we're trying to create, that which has God has called us to do. So we're, the vision is a picture of what God has called us to do. So we want to fulfill that vision. Our mission is how we implement the vision. What we do to fulfill the vision. Our mission is to live irresistibly transformed lives and to lead others to do the same. Okay? So how are we going to awaken imagination, ignite passion, and unleash purpose? By living irresistibly transformed lives and leading others to do the same. Make sense? That's how they fit together. To live in irresistibly transformed lives. The word, the word irresistible means that it's so desirable, it's impossible to resist. So desirable, it's impossible to resist. The best way to remember is just think of your husband, okay? So desirable, impossible to resist. Give him a squeeze. Come on. Give him a little nudge. All right? That'll help you remember. All right? So that's what you want. You want, you want to be that, the whole world, the idea of irresistibly transformed and lead others to do the same. We want to empower everyone to live out the reality of of Christ's heart so their lives are transformed. Living out what God has called us to do. Now, God works through us to accomplish our mission mission through through, through living out the five purposes of the church. This This is what we've done from the very, very beginning. The purposes of the church are summarized in a simple sentence based on two key scriptures, the Great Commission and the Great Commandment. And it's basic. We believe a great commitment that the Great Commission and the Great Commandment will grow a great church. 
What is the great, what is the great commandment? Jesus said, love the Lord your God. We've talked about this so often. Love the Lord God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And the Great Commission, Jesus said, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Matthew 28, 19 and 20. From these two verses, we have five purposes that we try to live out in the church. To love God with all of your heart is worship. To love your neighbor as yourself is ministry. To go make disciples is evangelism. To, to baptize is to incorporate into fellowship and to teach them all things is discipleship. Our goal is to be balanced in those five areas. A balanced church is a healthy church, so we want to stay balanced. Our values guide our church community our Christ, as Christ followers as we genuinely and passionately fulfill our purpose. You see, we value being an innovative spiritual family. And so we challenge each other to a few quick things. I'm going to run these out. They spell out grace, five things. We challenge, this is what we want to challenge each other to do, how we live out our everyday lives, our values as a church. G is to grow in all areas by learning and applying biblical truth. We believe that information plus application equals transformation. So I I give this to you. I'm teaching you this morning. I want you to apply what you're learning. People in the first service left saying, I need to talk to you. I need to talk to you. Here's some ideas I have. I need to talk to you. That's wonderful because what I'd like to do is make sure they're trained, teach, and then apply what you're learning. When you apply something, you own it. When you apply what you learn, you own it. If it's all up here, my friends, all this head knowledge, it's all it's going to do. You're going to be an off-balance Christian. You need to squeeze your head, get it in your heart to make sure it's a balance between head and heart. Head and heart. Teaching is important, but application is important as well. Ours reflect authenticity as we interact with each other. Basically, I wanted you to take off your masks, okay? Take off your masks. Let's just do life together. And as we understand each other, as we accept each other, where we are in our spiritual journey, we can help each other grow to become more like Jesus Christ. So let's just do life together. Take off the mask. A is approach. Approach opportunities and issues early through proactive communication. I want to talk to you about aquaponics. You know why I bring up aquaponics? Because how many, how many of you think I can build an aquaponics system by myself? <laughs> You're sadly mistaken, Okay. Completely. I can I can verbalize. I can tell you what it looks like, how we can use it, how it'll impact people's lives, and then I have to stand there and go, "Gee, I wish someone built one." Because I don't know how. But you know who can build one? Pete can build one. Adam can build them. We have others in the body who want to be a part of that. We got engineers, people who are involved in that area of that area of life, and so they built the aquaponic system. I watched. I have, no, I, have no, I have no idea how to make the bacteria be just right so that the certain kind of food you have to feed them so when they go to the bathroom, it feeds certain kind of plants, the right nutrients, and yada, 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 yada. That's all wonderful. But I don't need to know all the details. I just need to know it's working and people are being fed and I'm happy. But no one gets fed, okay? No one gets a job unless someone else in the body. I can speak things, but then I'm done after in some, in some areas. Okay, I I can't take it to only to a certain degree. I don't have the skill. But when I verbalize it to you, you then come along beside me and together we make it happen. It's the story. I'm a storyteller, but you have to fill in all the chapters. Many of you fill the chapters in. Many of you are the pieces of the puzzle that make it all fit together. 
I'm one piece of the puzzle, maybe a couple pieces in different areas, but then all the rest of you are pieces of the puzzle that make the picture come alive, that tell the, the whole story. Also, we want to make sure that we're proactive in how we communicate so when the issues are coming up, we make sure we get to those issues early so they don't become larger issues. So we address those immediately. Okay, so we have A, and then C is channel our resources to fulfill God's unique purpose for us. We try very, very, very hard to use our resources, financial resources in the church in an effective way. God has truly blessed us in our church to, have, to, to take what we have and apply it to a lot of different areas and continue to move forward. I'll give you an example. We finished off, just about finished off, the, the, the youth area, the wood floor, you saw it over there, the hub area, repainted the whole gym area. We're now almost finished with it, redoing the gym to make it really much nicer as you go in there. That would have cost easily, I looked at it, over $100,000 to renovate. It cost us $25,000. Why? Because we can stretch a buck. Instead of, just, instead of just saying, hey, you get this person to come in and do this, we do a lot of the work. We get people who know what they're doing. They come in and help us. So we're able to really stretch our resources. E is engage in lasting service. It's, it's, it's why we have in, in, intentionally made our structure simple, Okay. We believe that what you want to do is you want to maximize ministry and minimize meetings. That's why we have a simple structure in our church, to maximize ministry and to minimize meetings. We are, my friends, we are an organism, not an organization. So we go by, we go by, we don't go by, we go by relationships. We live in the context of relationships, not in the context of rules. That's so important. There's a big difference. At Grace Chapel, we encourage a high, a high, uh, uh, um, we have a high need for participation. And here's why. I talked about this earlier as we close out here. Here's why this is so important. This is why I want, I want you to take all of what you learn and please own this part with all of your heart. And I'll explain it in greater detail in the days to come. We believe as a church that the, the staff and the, the staff and the pastors are the equippers. Obviously, we'll minister to you. But we are the equippers of the body. You are the ministers. Every member is a minister. Every member has a responsibility to reach out as a minister of Jesus Christ. Every member here. You don't see yourself that way because, of again, that Plato secular sacred. There's the minister in the sacred world. There's me in the secular world. That's not biblical. Our job is to equip you. Let me read you a verse. Ephesians 4.11. This is what it says. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers. Listen, listen, their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church, the body of Christ. That's pretty simple. My job is to speak truth to you, to equip you to what? To go out. When Jesus was here, how did he do ministry? Same message, different approach, reaching out to our schools, our, our neighborhoods, and, our, and the marketplace where we work. That's your job. My job is to equip you to do it. Our job together is to be innovative and creative, open up our imaginations and figure out how we're going to fill all the rest of the seats and go to another service and another service. Because we're reaching out to the people in our community who so desperately need to know it. How do we do that? Number one, we've got to get this down. My job 
other pastors in the church, other staff people in the church, their job is to equip you to go out and be able to do this, to give you the tools and the skills necessary to do what God has purposed, created, called you to do. I have so much more I need to say, but I'm going to stop right there. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much. Thank you so much for this day. I pray, dear God, that every single person here, their mind is nearly, their brains are nearly coming out of their heads, Lord. They're so excited. They're so motivated. They're so inspired by you speaking to them in their lives and what you want them to do. Father, I am surrounded by ministers. I am surrounded by people who are called by you to change the world. Thank you for giving me the privilege and opportunity to invest in their lives so they can go out and change the world. Help us get this paradigm down. Help us to understand your biblical truth and not be sucked up into culture. To believe, Lord God, that you've called each one of us to make a difference. And allow us, Lord God, to move in that direction. Allow us with, with, the, with, with passion, uh, open heart and passion, Lord, to awaken our imagination, ignite our passion, and unleash our purpose on this world. Bind Satan, and if he gets in our way, allow us to crush him under our feet. Because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. You said, Lord God, that you would, you would allow us to do greater things than, we, than, than you did while you were on this earth. We believe that, we claim that, Lord God, and we are going to live that out in the years to come. In Jesus' precious and holy name, amen. Have a wonderful week.